Coming to you from the Lone Star State. You're now tuned in to the number one NBA and wrestling podcast on the planet. The Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. This is Money in the Bank Shot. Your source for all things in the ring and on the court. Now, uh, let's get ready to rumble with your host, Brian Zillum. Hey, guess who's back? So glad to be back recording. It's been a while. I told you guys I was going to take a little break and a day of recording. We've got Jan 8 of 2022. That's still weird to say and write out because I still feel like I'm saying 2021 and writing out 2021 all the time. But we have so much fun stuff to talk to today. So we're not only talking Bulls, we're talking a little Dallas Mavericks and professional wrestling. What else could you possibly want? And to do that, you need a good tag team partners. Joining me on my line right now, everybody needs a hawk to their animal, the Brett to their Owen, or Brett to British Bulldog. I have Mr. Uh, John Sabine, formerly of the Bulls Outsiders uh, podcast, joining me today. John, how are you? It's been way too long. Oh, to make me Brett in both those scenarios is too magnanimous. <laughs> Thank you so much. That is, uh, this is a shoot. What a great introduction. My God. Well, and then would you rather be Hawk or Animal? Because I, I mean, Hawk I was, was so we I I got to meet Hawk uh like a couple years ago, and it was he was very nice. He like put on the pilot. But I'm excited, and your podcast is I think I'm the demographic. It's like Dallas Mavericks and wrestling. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's it. So I'm super thrilled. So thanks for having me on. I'm pumped. Of of course, it's so nice to obviously catch up with you again. It's been way too long. Uh, if you haven't checked out John's work today before you're missing out he's a man of many hats he's uh obviously a comedian he's definitely hopping on podcasts i feel like every time i look up he's jumping on some type I'm of a, chicago I'm, bulls podcast i'm an okay podcast guest <laughs> hopefully i'll be okay to good for you but i'm like i'm like a good five or six i would i will say something a team that's above five or six right now freaking chicago bulls Left. dear dear bulls god back. they are back baby I mean, and they're just back with a vengeance because I, if you would have said the Chicago Bulls were going to be one of the best teams in the NBA, I would have not had that on bingo card at all. I, so that's probably fair for most. I think they've been so bad, right? Like this is Phoenix Sunsy and probably even more so of a jump. They were so bad. They were player mutinies. They were leadership councils. They went through four coaches and they signed like DeRozan who, and Lonzo who weren't like, they're not, they weren't Kawhi's. But man, I don't know how many how much bulls you've got to watch this year, but they are they're legitimately fantastic. They're fantastic. They, teams. They've been my second probably I, I said before the season started they were gonna be the team I was gonna watch second most. I love that. Nice. And I've not just been disappointed in because well one, John, I'm I'm jealous because all of the free agent acquisitions that the Bulls acquired. I wanted every single one of them on the map. Yes. Yes. And but can we talk about that for a second, Lou? Because you said free agent acquisitions, but they were all side traits. Oh, and I yes. th- and this is a, this is where I think the Dallas Mavericks don't realize that cap space is meaningless and nobody signs. Yeah. Nobody outright signs anymore. And to have assets to trade. What you, and so I think what they did was great is that they flipped their team by going after and having the assets to get people. And I love that. I just think that's really smart. 
Yeah. Even you go back last season, uh, the Vooch thing. Oof. Uh, I was just like, I don't know about that one, pal. Really? Tell me that. Okay, so it happens. Tell me. I just, I thought Wendell still had something. I, If you would have asked me who would you rather kept, Wendell or Laurie, I probably would have said. Because I, I, just because you still had Wendell under contract and you weren't going to have to pay. That's a great point. Like, Lowry was a, a expiring. You could lose him for nothing. Wendell Carter, for me, was my least favorite basketball player to watch in the league. Wow. And when he got traded, I was thrilled. Thrilled. I hate, I just hated watching him. Like, I, he's, he is my Dwight Powell now. Like, I just hate <laughs> watching him. And it's irrational. And some, and I understand arguments and people like them, but it was when I used to, uh, host the show Bulls Outsiders with some friends and friends, talkers we met through the show. And it was so funny. We were like, we don't understand it. And I, one day I said, I think he needs LASIK. <laughs> and I, I was like, I think he can't see the ball. And now he wears goggles. And so I feel like I, my coworker will always text me and be like, dude, I can't believe you called it. I think he just couldn't see. I truly think he couldn't see. And now he can catch the ball. <laughs> so if only if he would have channeled his Horace Grant while he was on the Bulls, yes. not magic. But I always think like with basketball, it's always, there's so many stories of simple things like that, where it's, he's a good player. What's not working? It's like Chris Kamen. They're like, he has ADHD. <laughs> like, like, put him on medicine and he was awesome. It's just like these little things, I think, that like can unlock him. But I, you're, you're right to be skeptical of that trade. I would say more though for the two first rounders. Yeah, that was the thing that, ugh, that was I, like the Carter thing. I feel like that was a, fundamentally, that was a, foundation piece that you had to add to that but the two first round picks i was like and i, I would have loved yeah. on the mavs like when he was a free agent but it that that didn't work out but that just a lot of money vooch is 31 30. yeah 32 he's six years older than porzingis oh and, and it doesn't feel that way they feel like the same age yeah and he's a lot he's a little bit more dirty on the inside too luckily from what i recall he hasn't he's been relatively healthy yeah. So that you have to say that. At least you have that kind of eye test. He's not that typical big man where, oh, God, if he has that one foot problem, that this could be like your long thing. You're absolutely right. And if he's your, if, if that's all you do, you, that's not a team. And I think that's where us as fans of a, the acquisition of players, if, if you just are trying to roll with Vooch and Zach Levine and Kobe White, that's not going to be a team. It's then Vooch is now your fourth, fifth option because you went out and you built around it. But when you're, toiling and not even mediocrity would have been generous for this bulls team. like the, everyone on that team last year is like half of them aren't even in the league anymore <laughs> you have to make that first move and sometimes it takes like you have to it costs more for you to get out of the depths of being so bad that it hurts your face to watch and i had to watch every single minute of the boiling era like i watched every second of it by it was awful it's an all i feel like it was an unsafe workplace because of it well but well, i think that's so that's why you make that move if that's your only move bad right but that was just the first move down like a pretty quick path let's you were talking about the boiling air let's put over the bulls front oh, a little, little bit like our our tourist now he was a denver guy yeah and he was obviously a guy that was big in scouting the joker and i believe yeah. murray and yes. even porter so He's got the chops. He's got the international background, which is good. But he was on that. He was wasn't he on that Lithuanian team. Johnny Nelson coached. 
I believe so, because he had some scuffles with the Dream Team, I think. Yeah, so he was on that uh, bronze winning 92, I think, that worked, you know, the Grateful Dead tie-dye. I think he's in that kind of shows, like, to go for, that he's been around and he knows his stuff, even though he's not from the American pipe system. Yeah, and the thing I liked about what Artillerist has been able to do, John, he basically, he didn't tear down everything right away. He at least gave a good six, seven, seven month evaluation before he started tearing everything down. Is it from what I read, he wanted to really use year one as evaluation, which is like great yep. because this other team that I really enjoy watching essentially brought, brought back the same team for the third year in a row. And it's what are we doing here, guys? But we'll talk. Are you about Mavericks? Okay. We, we, but his, you're right. But I also think we, I think there is, we're, sh- we're seeing small changes. Yes, but let, so AK and Eversley come in. Mark Eversley as the assistant GM who is going to get s- stolen by another team soon. And you're right, they did it. But then what they did was, I, I think was really smart. They just started dismantling piece by piece. It was the coach. It was, this. they've shipped out almost everyone. I think Zach Levine and Kobe White are the only players. Left standing. Yes. That's and that's amazing. A, in in a year, essentially. Which that's pretty amazing. Yeah, because you kept on bringing up the Suns earlier. And at least the Suns had Booker, they had Aiton, so they had, like, foundation pieces. Mm-hmm. The Bulls had players, but I don't think you would have said Levine or White. Those were, like, guys. But now it's, like, Steve rules. Yeah. Absolutely rules. So, what'd you say? I just, as far as just watching, they, this, it, the team rules. Like, I it, love It's so team. fun. It's so fun. And you're right. But then the Suns also had, they got eight. They got the first pick, right? The highest pick the Bulls ever had was they got seven, three years in a row. And they, and so they never got that lot. They were taking for, they always blame Nikola Miritich for going on a hot streak in two weeks in February. And they won a bunch of games because they, <laughs> that they've lost out on Luca. And then I always say, uh, to defend the old regime that like we got Luca with the, that's not, we didn't win the lot. We didn't win the Lucas sweepstakes. We made the Lucas, we made it opportunity for ourselves. And I think like you could hate on the, the drafting front office all you want, but if you hit on Luca and Dirk, man, what, who cares about this? And I understand that you want both, but like they made Luca happen. And I think that is like something that the Mavs don't get enough credit for. And for the Suns to have the first pick, and then Booker's there. And Booker and Levine have been compared their whole careers, right? They're high volume, big stats guys on four teams and they, and they don't win. Zach Levine had never won four games in a row in his career, even college. Jeez, that's insane. It might have been, the stats either since college or not even in college. And I bet you it's since college, but in seven years, never won four games in a row. Damn. And I will tell you, I watched, to me, I... So I, I always thought seeing him up close, I was like, he is fantastic. He is doing so much. Any team would be lucky to have him. He had that. He he can do and he got better every single year. But you're right in that they did this all with not having Aiton or Hall of Fame. They didn't go out and get Chris Paul. <laughs> no. Which is crazy. And that's, I think, where from what I read before doing the show with you, John, Eversley Oh my God, like the stuff I keep on seeing on this guy, like you, you were, you're right. Somebody's going to scoop him up because I felt like I saw he was instrumental on bringing in DeMar to be. Yes. And he, it, anyone could have gone out about DeMar Rose. I want John. Uh, he he would have been, per- been perfect for the Dallas Mavericks. Oh my God. See, John, see, I, I'm going to bust uh, the great Mark Stein's balls here a little bit. 
he'll do weekly shows in, in Spotify Green Room, and I would always have conversations about DeRozan. I'm just like, Stein, we, we got to get him to Dallas. And he's just, I don't know, Brian, he just, I don't know if it's the right fit. And then it's like, not that I'm giving flower, I'm getting flowers for wanting DeRozan here, but it, it is very... Get flowers. I, 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 I'm just, Stein I'm happy. Right, because I'm, Carlisle I'm, would not have used them. Because Carlisle hates what mid-range, right? Carlisle has a very specific system. And, but I think at the end of the day, like, I think people are going to realize that you need a bucket getter. Yes. And that's that was the biggest thing, John. I was willing to take everything else. And I'm just like, you know what? He could just average 18 points in this, like, regular season. Don't care. That is a guy that will just, just, he will be a terror. Like, he'll be a terror. Because in the playoffs, because you need somebody to get the buckets and get to the foul line. Because the the I know we're make our cross streamings here, but like uh, the Mavericks have never really had anybody consistently other than Luca to get to the basket. And that's what I, I was advocating for. And then I see the the sign and trade for DeRozan. I was like, oh, damn. I, I know everybody was like, oh my God, that's a lot of money. And then of course to see him in the MVP conversation, that's just, I'm happy for the guy because I felt he had a, you know, reputation in Toronto, but I hated seeing him in a Spurs uniform because he always terrorized the Mavericks. He has never, he, he hit that, he there's two games I can remember of him leading like at, at pr- pretty much buzzer beaters and like ah and they're not going to double Luca if you have De- Demar Derozan out there towards the end of the game. It's just going to make because you can KP is not as reliable because he's his body's a prison and it, it it is very interesting when people talk about money. I'm always it's always so funny to guys about money. It's like, no one cares. Who cares how like, who you don't care like you know Vooch makes so much money for the Bulls right. No one cares. It's like the, these teams are worth so much money. Like it's n- no contract is untradeable. It you it does not matter. If I'm an owner, it matters. Talk about all you want. But for when fans talk about contracts, because they, they view it as this, you're that's worth a max guy. It's like, that's not how it works. It's a max and com- there's so much context of the year you came out in the draft, the free agent year. Zach Levine is going to get a, a two hundred forty million dollar contract next year because he'll be the only guy around. It's all context-based, and it's so funny to me when fans talk about contracts because it's like, who cares? It's you're not paying it. It's <laughs> <laughs> very true. It's, it doesn't hurt us. Like Luol Deng's still getting paid by the Lakers. They figured it, and they won a championship. They figured it that's out. funny. That's very funny. Shut up, uh, former Chicago Bulls. Untouchable Luol Deng. But I feel like so that is always sorry when you bring that up. But they have the money. I'm like, who cares? Because you can trade it and flip it. We just need assets because the. That was the Mavs problem. Yeah. The Mavs had, they maximized low talent guys to their top talent. And so on good contracts, <laughs> which is what you want. But in a weird way, they were penalized because like Jordan Finney Smith isn't going to move the needle and also not give you relief if you're trading it, even though he's been fantastic this year. Fantastic. Um, uh, just with the Mavs though, John, I think, I feel like it's a fair criticism where they missed the boat where they could have yes. capitalized. They, there was those contracts where the Clippers were getting first round picks uh, for guys like on bad contracts. And then they used that asset for Paul George. Just minor stuff like that. Because like you said, cap space is relevant if you it's don't. It's meaningless. Yes. But if you don't, you it can be your friend if you could have used those assets. And like you said, you could have had two or three picks to throw out San Antonio for sign and trade, but you, you couldn't because you had nothing really. Uh, you had all of, you have Josh Green. 
Josh has been playing better lately, that's not going to really move the needle for anybody but what, right now. What first rounders have we given away with, with, besides the KP deal where we, where we got Tim Hardaway to, as a result too? Yeah. But we got two starters <laughs> for Dennis Smith Jr. And two, like, that, we won the KP trade by like leaps and bounds because we got Tim Hardaway and KP. Like we got two starters. And, and if you get a first round pick, if you, if you get one NBA starter out of two, two late first round picks, that's a dream. And so we we have picks. It's just that we thought we think we can shark take them, and no one just no one outright signs anymore. Kevin Durant was a sign and trade with the Nets. No, they never just sign on the dot. There's no like taking my talents to South Beach. It's true. It's truly sign and trades. I think even when LeBron went back to Cleveland, they sent something back. Like yeah, it was something like that. And Kyle Lowry, he was a sign and trade. Sign and trade. Like the, the Lonzo Ball sign and trade. If you think of Paul George sign and trade, Kawhi was out, outright sign, right? That was a, the last so. big outright one. But I feel like this myth of we need to be able to offer a mask. Now you're right, the mask has not done that. I do think holding powder because a, a year ago Giannis was still in the mix, and I right. think that's an I think that's the type of guy that you hold the powder for. But the second he resigns change everything yeah and that's what i was like super because they were trying to load up the boat for that john because there was a lot of talented guys that they could have taken a swing on i know a lot of people don't like jeremy grant I, he's we would take him right now wouldn't we yeah i i, I think yeah. so and I was, christian wood christian wood yeah that was another guy and i feel like those weren't guys you were not giving up back to and those were like upgraded players that you're paying dorian vinnie smith for that are above them on the scale. Are they superstars? Absolutely not. But I think that really where I stand, and I think a lot of people are like are frustrated. You don't need a mega team. You just need better players around Luka, and that's where yes, you need talent. Yes, and and talent. also you don't people so to blame free agency or oh, we couldn't get the guy is such a lazy oh. excuse for me because also. No team gets free agents. Chicago doesn't get free agents. Like Chicago fans complain. There's four teams that get free agents. And they're two in LA up until recently, not, none in New York, and then Miami. So it's, right. and it's not big market and small market. It's just those four cities. That's it. Like Chicago doesn't get people. No one's like, ooh, a big city, Chicago. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Miami is the, sec- the 16th biggest media market. Like it's yeah. not big or small. It's the myth of that that's it's that we're college recruiting and that doesn't happen anymore it just and i hate i, I don't know why it took them that so long to figure that out uh, and then we'll t- talk about a sign and trade guy we haven't even talked about lonzo yet really and that was a guy i was like oh my god that just i i think a lot of people were just like oh i don't want to overpay him i'm just it, he's a baby still and he's still figuring it out and that the thing is you always overpay for upward trajectory you don't like just pay somebody that's just leveled out he still has upward and then of course that game you went to where you saw the Madison Bulls he fr- freaking made what eight or nine threes that game and it's Jesus man he he's said look at the Wizards this like so the Wizards trade John Wall in a first for Russell Westbrook probably not a great trader the, the next year they take Russell Westbrook and you get Montrezl Hello, Davis Culver Pope Kuzma they have a squad now and it's no you don't go like we every time we think of a, getting a player we think of it like that's the end of this journey. Whereas, no, this is a step into getting the right player. So Lonzo becomes an asset to get us to the actual player that's going to help us because he's attractive to somebody else. And I think as fans, we do a poor job of 
we think it ends with our team and it doesn't. And I, and again, I, we're also a team that hasn't been, I don't think we've been the luxury tax, the Mavericks, I should say, for a long time. About a decade. And out of try. And the, again, I think Cuban after that decade in a championship is allowed to take, he was spending, he was wonderfully spending. Oh, to, to wild West Cuban, John. That's my yes. Cuban. Like we're just getting away from friends. We're paying him $90 million, flipping him for Antoine Walker. But the thing is, I always think of that wild West Cuban. Like I, I think of the Charlie Day meme where he's just pointing at everything because eventually all of that mess led to Jason Taylor which obviously was important, fundamental. So there is method to madness. And then for this longest time where Cuban... Eric Beer led to Tyson Chandler. Yes, exactly. And Brandon Haywood, stuff like that. It just... If you you go back and look at the championship team, it's fascinating because the only one I think who really signed out right with us is like Peja. He got bought out. Yeah. But if you look at everyone, Sean Marion was that weird like five-team, five-teamer with Toronto, Miami. Tyson was using the, what, the, what was, what did the dust chip? That's what they used to call it on DallasBasketball.com. Like, he had the that's weird last year expiring. So we were able to acquire Tyson Chandler, Karam Butler, Deshaun Stevenson, Brennan Hayward, I think for Josh Howard in a first. Are you kidding me? I think that's all it took. It was, it was Josh Howard was the piece. JJ Brea might have been, he was unsigned, right? So that's what we've been really good about finding these guys, these DFSs, these Maxis. We're so good about finding people and signing them before they're discovered, which I think we should get more credit for. But that team was comprised of all trades. Jason Kidd was that Devin Harris, like trade, trade, trade. And then to focus on free agency is so weird to me. And I really want to understand it because to me, it seems like, why would you ever try for free agency if you're in Dallas, Texas? What? Who wants to? No offense, but I'm from there. It's not a place people dream about living. No, and I will tell you, John, driving... I don't know how much you've been out driving lately. I don't know. Yes, I went, I've gone twice in December and I thought I was going to die on the drive to Dallas several times. And the drive to Dallas from Austin, I could, I've done a hundred times in my sleep, but now people don't know how to drive. And I get, I'm not an anxious person, but in the car, I feel like I'm holding the oh shit handle on my car when I'm driving to Dallas now because these people have gotten worse driving <laughs> It's, it's the traffic of LA without the beaches or the, or the hot people, like and the famous people. Even if you could live in Denver, you got the mountains, you got like legal weed and it's fun. Like right. it, you could live in Miami, you could live in New York, but I don't know why. And I, I'm just interested. Like I was, I, I do, I would be doing what the Grizzlies do. The Grizzlies are in every transaction ever. If you look at the last two years, Oh my God. I they're just so weaseled nervous. into everything. Like, yes. it, it doesn't make sense at the time. And they're like, they're getting Justice Winslow. And you're like, what are you doing? But they're just weaseling in. We'll find them. This will lead to this, this will lead to this. Like they are, I, I would, what they have done there is amazing. And I think it's because of hustling and just trying like volume shooting because they're, they live in Memphis and no one's in a kind of Memphis. It, it's brilliant because now there's kerfuffle in Indiana where they players want out and could you imagine them acquiring Sabonis or Brogdon and adding that with John? Yes. Oh my God. No, I don't want to play the Grizzlies in the playoff series right now. No, they, they, they scare me almost more than any other team. Yes. Because I, I just think they have this. I, 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 I know the Warriors are better. I know the Suns are better, but like the Grizzlies scare me. It is frightening how good these young guys that have like zero experience are they're mixing in and they're good. I, the Mavericks were off the other night. And 
I watched their game versus Detroit. And I was like, and I, I know Desmond Bayes was out and Job was cooking in the first quarter. I was seeing all these guys, Tilly and obviously Jared Jackson Jr. and all these guys coming off the bench. And I was like, oh my God. And I, I know the bench is going to, the playoffs shortened, but these guys, uh, they're feeling themselves. Yeah. They're pretty uh, frightening for a young team. There's a culture there, but I'm going to ask you something and not to take away the transitions from you, but don't you feel like a culture starting in Dallas right now? Don't you feel like this team's getting an identity? Because uh, I am. So do you think the Mavericks are trying to cultivate something right now? No, I think they're, I think they're they're trending upwards, and I'm seeing this, an identity that I haven't seen, and a toughness, and a swagger, and I'm like, all right, kid, you let you put the ingredients, you bake, you're baking an, an up, uh, you're baking something. It's looking like a good cake so far, and it, it just took a while to preheat. Uh, mm, I'm gonna you're, just you're so old, you're not, you're bearish on this. I, I'm just, I, I need a little bit more. Uh, rise up against the better teams. Ah, the the Warriors game the other day was kind of like Curry was banged up and they, it was dirt game and the Warriors just I don't think are going to shoot that bad consistently and I know everybody's touting now exception of the Warriors game I feel like they have played very good defense very good defense yeah we're, 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 yes yeah like we're top five defense the Warriors played uh, terrible like they it, it it seemed like they were. There was popcorn butter on that basketball. We um, almost beat the Utah Jazz in Christmas um, there without without anybody. Yeah. We lost by four points. That is true. I, I feel like they have won games in years past where it's just, oh, Luca and KP are out. They're going to get just smashed. Now, tomorrow, obviously recording this Saturday right before the Bulls game, which I'll be at live. So hopefully the mashed up Mavericks will show up. But that'll be a good litmus test. Now, I know Caruso will be out tomorrow. Well, yeah. And, but we're missing looking KP. So if they're if I hear, if we beat them and I hear Cruz is out, I will lose it. Yeah. But if if they beat us, they should beat us. I think they're better than us. I don't think that's controversial. But if we had one of them, I I, I cannot. I think it would be a really close a closer game because of our defense, because Reggie and Sterling and Josh Green now do things, and because we're not playing Willie Cauley Stein. I just feel like those wing players have really changed our makeup, and I also think Dorian Finney Smith is playing at a level I, I didn't think he had. A consistency and a variety of the ways he can help a team is insane. Yeah, now I will say January is going to be an eye test for me on feel about this team because the, the, the schedule moving forward does not get easier because you've got obviously the Bulls tomorrow against the Mavericks. You've got the Grizzlies a couple times. You've got the Raptors who have been feisty. You've got the Suns. I think you have the Warriors again. Uh, like, don't we have one of the easiest second half schedules or something? I, I read that and I don't I never understand how they like do that. Is it just like travel? But like, apparently we we're, apparently our hard stuff is behind us. It, it's really based on that early tankathon, uh, I, like strength of schedule. Because I believe right now, if you look at it, I think they're somewhere in the teens. I want to say they're probably they have maybe the fifteenth or sixteenth toughest uh, schedule remaining. They they're still. A lot of Lakers in there. I know they've got Cavaliers still. So the, it, it's not, I, I think they're looking at maybe, oh, those Rocket games. You've got Timberwolves in there, which is really bad. But they're tied with us. Yeah. And I will say, fundamentally, elite, this Western Conference is gross, uh, unless you're out of the top four. So the Mavericks do have that going for them. And at least they've been very competitive when Luka and KP have been out, which... They were at times because obviously there's been games where they've beaten 
Giannis without Luka KP. So they, they can definitely do things. But these games where they have a built-in excuse, they have not. So I'm very interested to see what their effort will be like tomorrow. Bulls. Brian, we are fifth in the West based on the beginning we had, where Ugh, 12 great. of our players and coach have had COVID, and we've had zero games postponed. The Bulls got to sit out for a week. They didn't have to play games for a week. So, like, they got to rest and not play and hurt their standings. We had to go. We had to sign. Remember that one game that we against the Timberwolves or, that we beat them? We had Winston <laughs> and Charlie Brown and the guys, <laughs> Carly Jones, guys that are another team. And we still are fifth. And so, and not only that, we are, we have a defensive identity. And the guys that were told that we could shoot are now shooting better. And that's where I'm like, okay. And we still have Luka Doncic, who, in my opinion, is has the ability to be the best player on the planet. Did you see the Kawhi news this week? Does that kind of scare you? Is he going back? There's scuttlebutt. Chris Haynes tweeted out something earlier this week. It seemed like his recovery is going better. Better. Sure. I'm sure it is. Yeah. It's but they could not. They also couldn't make play. They might make not make the playoffs. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, that I would say exception of Dallas winning, I would say the last like two weeks, the six through eight or six through nine, it's it's a toss up because even the Lakers are a mess with LeBron at center. I just they're playing good. The it's it's it, you're right. I'm just saying we should feel better than mass fans are like so fatalist. Yeah, I I I hate I, the fact that we start Dwight Powell is I think is her. We should send apology letters. Like, he's not even in the top 50 of centers in the NBA, according to Hollinger. No. Like, he starts for us. And he averages 2.6 defensive rebounds a game in .4 blocks. And we have the fifth best rating. Imagine if we had someone who had four defensive rebounds a game. <laughs> like, he doesn't... He is, he is unplayable, that man. And we still are playing this well without Luka, without KP. And so... I, I think we got to give kids his, some flowers. Like I did, I was not thrilled by that signing. Sw- Sweeney too, because from what I gather, this is a lot of his defensive scheme. It is. It has to be right, it, and it has to be his. And he is trusting his players. And I thought he was trusting his players because it looks like Steve Nash never calls timeout, and he plays KD forty eight minutes a game because, like, he was a player. He hated coming out, and he hated when they took the ball of his hands at the end of the game. So he never. He's like. Hall of Fame point guards fight those demons when they coach. Yeah, I think we have. The defense has been legitimately impressive. And it has been, well, we're doing it without a dominant center, which is typically who wins defensive player of the year because we don't know how to judge defense. Like, we don't, we just go, who has blocks? I guess that guy's doing it, right? Whereas there's been no perimeter or guard defense player of the year in 20 years. And so it's just one of those things you're like, and we're doing that without the guys that traditionally that we consider like a defensive anchor, like the paint. People can score in the paint with us easily, yet somehow we're playing good defense. And I find that fascinating. But I do think you're right. We should, we're not done yet. I said we're a move away or two moves away or five moves away. This is not the team that wins the championship. But I do think this is not a team that we're not the Blazers, right? We're not the Kings. Right. Yeah. I would love if I don't really know if with this team, if it matters with home court, I right now, if you're telling me that the Mavs have to go against Memphis in a seven game series, just what about Denver? What about the Lakers? How do you feel about them? Suns? I think I think we could be. I know that first game 
that the weird back to back where this that I, I I don't know if I like that where you're playing teams like twice in the same week. And we got screwed with that too because it was always on the road. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. That the Mavericks have had to do that a couple times. Yeah. Like with Sacramento, the Clippers, it's been really weird how they've had to do that. But that second game was not, and I don't I you know TBD. Uh, now if the Golden State Warriors do pull off something crazy, which could what do you mean? What do you mean by that? So. It, it with all their young players, right? Are they gonna? Oh, they're to, not gonna make a trade, and they're getting Clay Thompson back. No, they're not making a trade. There's no way. I don't know. So you would move uh, Moody or one of those guys, or I or Looney, Kaminga, and Wiseman are the two. That's the two guys. Moody is the other even guy. Moody too. I, I see. I think I, I, those guys. I think they, they're a chemistry team. I just think they're hey for a second. What are we doing? Why did we mess that up? Unless it's like someone happy superstar that need that is getting forced out. Yeah, I think a lot of people still have a Boston Celtics PTSD where they had all of those assets and draft picks for a decade, it felt like, and they did nothing with it. So I, I think a lot of people are just like, I just don't sit on it. Yeah, that's also, I, I just think the vibe in the Golden State is like so different and they operate in such a different way. I just, I think they value, they're like, they value team camaraderie and like the intangibles more than like Maury does. So I, I think... If there were six, if it was last year and they were fighting for the play, I'd say, yeah, they'd do it. But they're they're first or second this whole year. Like they're a game behind being leading the league. So I feel like that's I, I think it's I don't know. I just I think if it ain't broke and they're going to create Thompson back tonight. And they <laughs> picked Andrew Wig- Wiggins. He's a top 10 three point shooter this year. That's that's bananas. Uh, oh, one. One other Bulls thing real quick before we circle back to the Mavericks. So before his career ends, is Alex Caruso going to have his uh, jersey in the rafters at United Center? He's he's the best. Dude, I mean, because he was on the Lakers, so we just thought he was like a mascot, right? And the Lakers fans, I was overvalued their own players. And like, man, he's great. He's beloved. He is. the And that's the thing I think that the Bulls should get credit for is to have this chemistry with, again, everyone's new. And maybe that's the way you do it. Like, it's like camp, right? There's right. no new people. There is no new people because we're all new. There is no uh, clicks already because it's like, hey, what, let's do it. We're all here for a week. And you can get really close to someone because there's no there's no othering. Maybe that's how you do it. But the, the chemistry is, they are friends. They are, and I'm starting, again, I'm starting to see if the last man, watch the bench. The bench is, they're buddies. They're buddies. And I think that's Brunson. I think Brunson is, they're buddies, man. We got Boba. Like, how fun are the plane rides? Ah, I'm, I'm loving it. We got to get to wrestling, dude. <laughs> yeah, we do. Because you let me know, but I got, I, I, I got to, I've, I've asked you a question about wrestling, about the new, the next pay-per-view. Okay. It's on my mind. Uh, okay. Do you want to get the negative stuff out of the way? Do you want to talk day one and Big E? Okay. Let's go, we go. Let's get into it. Okay. What they did to Big E makes me not want to watch WWE. Ah, uh, just, okay. I, I don't know what they're doing. No, know uh, what they're doing. The fact that I they tricked me, and I I hate this dumb company sometimes, John, because they tricked it's, every. It's, it's evil. Yes, because the way he was on other forms of media platforms, he was introducing Tyson Fury. Yep, you're right. He, he was on College Game Day. He was on yeah. Breakfast Club. He is such a charismatic guy, and he's obviously got his wonderful program with uh, Andres Hale that he's working on too. Like what else could you want to utilize as a way to 
project somebody to the atmosphere. But no, we're going to just give a 100 day reign as a champion to pop a number and uh, not only let him lose the title, but pin him, just let him not even get the last entrance in the, the pay per view, losing eight minutes to Brock because it's it, like, you know, it's Brock. And there it is. He, you, you, you it's, it, there's one, there's only one chance in five to mess up the ending. And still have, and it's to have him to take the pin. That's what I care most about. I don't care yeah. that he lost. I, I I get it. You ramping up, and I will say, no one is a bigger star than Brock Lesnar. Like these, they are. There's not no one. They're not even in the same stratosphere, and you can't deny it. And especially if your name is Big E, that's tough, right? What does that mean? But the fact that he, the fact that they keep having their black champions lose to a guy, and it's always Brock, who, who probably, and again, I, th- I, th- I think this has to matter has his own political beliefs that are probably not congruent with the people he's pinning. Yes. It is a bad look and feels purposeful. It's happened. The pattern has happened too many times that it feels like they're trying to say something. It feels mean. Yes. And it it feels agenda driven and it feels, oh, you had your chance and I'm going to squash Kofi in 90 seconds. Like, they did did, did it to Bianca this year. The way they were treating, again, I will say this to give them credit, there's been a lot of black champions in the last year and historically for a, an art form where they've been marginalized, like more so like in a way. Mm-hmm. And they are just disrespectful with their stars. They do not treat, they don't treat them as real stars and it's clear in their Yes, a hundred percent. And I like the Bianca thing that I was just like, what are you doing? You had a, a awesome young lady who I, I loved her in NXT and I, she, sat on the sidelines for about a year before they started doing vignettes for them i was just like this young lady is a star she's an athlete she can perform she's got this persona she's got the hair whip what else do you need and they have to just destroy her or in 35 seconds and she would never lose it like 35 and, and becky doesn't need the belt that's okay brown doesn't oh, uh, brock doesn't need the belt uh, have it be a blood feud over to B- paul Heyman. you yeah. don't need the belt yeah. And also, it is champion versus champion means nothing. You use it. People, some people don't need it, and that's where I think is they've lost it. Is like let when they schedule out pay per views, and it's this is the hell in the cell. It's you no know, use it correctly, John. It's a premium live event now. Let's get it. Let's get it right. Yeah. <laughs> so, can I tell you the thing that breaks my brain right now? Yeah. that I'm so mad about would they announce the Royal Rumble participants? Oh, what the hell was that? I, it makes me not want to get the pay-per-view because the whole point of that stupid pay-per-view is the unknown. Right. The whole point is the excitement of who's next. And if I go, oh, I know that I've seen that there's there. So I know what the last three are like, you can't, if you leave, granted, treat it like normal. But if I don't know any of it, all 30 are a surprise yeah. as opposed to five surprises. I do not get it. I don't know if it's a con. I, th- there has to be a reason they do that because it, it can't sell more. I, I think Mickey James isn't going to get you more seats, right? No. And I think this was an attempt, John. And on all honesty, I think they were trying to prove, hey, we actually have 30 women that fill this like void as a Royal Rumble because we couldn't. Because I think prior to yesterday, they had, I saw something. Oh. It was about 13 or 14 women, I think, on the main roster that they could have potentially filled because people go yeah you let people go or you drove people crazy or you pied people in the face too many times where they just broke probably and they made the hell with this yeah I, yeah that was just 
that blew my mind yesterday. I just oh, that that's the whole uh, that's like the one good pay per view. I want it's the yeah. thing I want to see the most. Yeah, and it's the thing that I I get the most excited for. And and again, I like the num I the counting. It's just a party. It's just who's coming out. And now when I know people are going to be there, who it's. Who cares? Oh, I I can do the math in my head, and I'm not. If these, if you're just announcing the people on the roster, yeah, I thought so. Also, during COVID, why are you announcing anything? Uh, this is yeah, the that, event. That, this that, is the that, event that you should just leave up. Do it day of. Yeah. Know who's going to win it. Know who you're bringing back, and then day of, are you just playing at that? Who I did not even think about that, John. That is, like they're going to look really best. silly. They don't realize they ruin the stuff that they have, like the Fiend, the Finn Balor. So oh. the, the lightest guy in the locker room broke your turnbuckle. The lightest, <laughs> the the one who weighs the less, the least amount of uh, of uh, of weight broke it. I does it hasn't had a carb since like two thousand six. Yes, I nothing, and it's so funny. I no longer I find myself watching way. And I'm a WWE guy. I like big tent productions. I don't like indie stuff. Like, I think I like the carnival circus. I like it big. I like it bold. I like that it's top of the line. Right. Even if the wrestling's bad, I don't care. I'd rather, I'm, I'm, I like, give me like a cool entrance and give, have it be big. And I can deal with, like, I watched Stone Cold and Triple H wrestle for, and I loved it. And the, there's six moves compared to what they do. Over yeah. again. But I loved it. And they have lost me. Because the themes are bad. There's no stars. My buddy texted me the other day and said, so Seth Rollins is a bad guy because he wears weird clothes? <laughs> and made me laugh. And I was like, yeah. What, they, what, what is this man? Yeah. And and I, this has stuck with me for a while, John. The great Andrew Zarian of the Mad Men podcast. I think, so yeah, Andrew is phenomenal. I've had a chance to talk to him a couple of times. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Andrew's great, but he had said something that stuck with me, I think like last summer. WWE, for its faults, is a live production. It's a live musical, pretty much, with the sports entertainment. That's their mantra. And then, but it's weird now that the little things that they're still, oh, even though their morals, like lack of, like continuity of employing people during a pandemic, you may like, oh, I don't know about that. They can't even really do the stuff that they're, supposed to be good at anymore. yeah that's what, what are you doing here but generic uh, entrance scenes when they have the big you have the fiend the big that's a movie and my buddy describes them as their their kellogg's or general mills and they're it's you got tongue the tiger it's you got you know snap crackle pop and they can never they're, they're trying to sell as much as they they're they're just trying to they're publicly traded companies they're trying to sell as much so they can never tell a story where someone falters and the roman can never look weak and it's just they don't realize that if they just didn't if they were just like okay they're almost too hands-on sometimes and like it ruins it yeah and it's funny because you look at yeah i've really become more of a nerd i would say like the last year and a half two years of like kind of numbers and what their tv numbers are thanks to brandon thurston who does like wonderful work for russell nomics but what would you have believed me if i would have told you Monday Night Raw is not drawing two million viewers anymore because that that was something they could always hang their hat on. They would, you know, despite whatever gobbledygook of product that they were putting on there consistently, they were still getting two, three million like viewers consistently. Now, not so much. And especially when there's competition, they've got college football this coming Monday and they've got an NFL playoff game. They are going to just get 
destroyed. And then it's funny because now that AEW's contract is coming up here pretty soon, they're going to use those numbers to leverage their new contract to Turner and say, hey, they're getting paid. I think from what I saw, I think AEW is getting paid about a third of what WWE is in TV rights. So they're going to say, hey, we're beating Raw consistently in their ad revenue numbers. So you're going to pay us this much, Ted Turner. And I think they will write that check and say, thank you very much. But let's talk about AEW, John. Okay. Were you at, did you happen to go? I have not gone to the show. No, I, I'm such a hermit during COVID. I have not gone to any of it. Because if I get COVID, I'll be like, I'm, I'll go to hell. Because it's like, yeah, you shouldn't have gone to a wrestling. Uh, but okay, so you didn't, I don't judge you. I'm saying for me. I have such okay. guilt in my life. I could not do it. Oh, man. So you didn't go to the United Center show then with Punk Return? That was the last time that I turned on wrestling. Okay, so that's great. So you, how, when you wanted to tune in, what was your reaction? What was the information you were fed? Or what did you see on your timeline? You were just like, okay, I need to watch this on Friday night at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock. It was, we knew he was coming back. Like, we knew it. But we didn't know it. But it was... They the 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 dirt sheets told enough Chicago, and then what I loved was that he just kicked it off. That's what got me, and that's when I was like, "This is smart," because no one would have paid attention to any if WWE would have saved it for the end of the night. And no, and you can't do that to Chicago fans. You can. And the United Center is huge. Like WWE goes to Rosemont, they don't go to the United Center mm-hmm. for like back. I went to Backlash. It was in Rosemont, which is again one of the greatest venues to watch wrestling in the world. But like, it's, it was awesome. They did that. And I was like, wow. And then punk is still one of the last real. The unicorns. Yes. And I, this is a, I think this is a question I have for you is because I think Brock's, a, it's, there are no, is it the internet? Is it like, to me, I actually blame social media because I feel like there's no characters anymore because I know I, they're all influencers to me. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Like, and I'm just like, man, like, there is something too. like, punk is not from the attitude era, but he feels like from another era. With, with punk, it's just he, there's the pipe bomb. He was the guy that was trying to. Yeah, the, that's summer of punk, summer of punk, the same yeah. year. He won an average from the championship. Exactly. Summer of 2011. What a great year for these two guys that like these two things. It's a no joke. And he was actively trying for change. He tried. And fundamentally you see what that does to when you you try to change that company true but i would say this let's give him credit they played that they did it they used him yeah he did it he blew the kiss to cena and cena in that program was out he knew cena is amazing cena is unbelievable like he did exactly what was he knew exactly he did it and he both kissed runs away out in the the, into the streets of chicago with the championship did we let him do that That is crazy to know that they, I don't think WWE now does lets them do that anymore. No. And with the punk stuff, I think there was just, he had been away for seven years and he, it was just, I think like a little sad because it was something that he loved so much and everybody, he was this kind of underground, like superstar that tried to have this uprising like him and Danielson and stuff like that. And it's something he loved so much, it broke him. And then he comes back for that. I've watched that thing. I think it's amazing. So, just to see the ovation. And I sat my wife down. I was like, you, you want to know why I watch this? This is oh, why I watch God bless, God bless her. 
Yes. And the emotion from the teary-eyed gentleman, like I almost cried when I saw him. And then they they cut to him and shame on those weirdos out there that trying to dunk on that guy. But I I think overwhelmingly people were like, this is beautiful in the white wrestling. Like it's no, we he was it's you're absolutely that's that there's a specialness to it. And I think part of the reason he's so special is because he says no to things because he did. And everyone's because no one's making a living wage doing anything. So everyone has to sell everything. And the Miz is on seven. And Miz is like, you'll never meet a bigger Miz fan than me. But there's something about guys who say no. Yes. Or people, women that doesn't have no one says no to things. Jimmy Fallon is hosting five shows and on seven commercials. David Letterman. There is something. And then that's why David Letterman gets to interview Obama on Netflix. There's the, there there's a something Jay Leno would say yes to everything. Yeah. There's something about we like Larry David because he's like, nah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And I think that's I, I believe it's either like the culture or the economics. Every wrestler has to sing for their supper more so now to even just get by or sellish or get over. And I just I think one of the, the power of him saying no makes him a star. And the fact that he was gone for almost a decade and people were still asking, hey, is this going to be the year CM Punk returns? People have still been talking about him since he's left. He went on top. He was Jordan. Yes. And people still wanted him to come back. And then the fact that they sold out the United Center in, I think it was less than half an hour, which is just in that bonkers. But in the United Center is the biggest arena in the country. It used to be the biggest in terms of pop- it's if people it was made the Giants Center was made for the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls. Yeah, that's what that's when they designed it. <laughs> and the balls on this guy just to say, oh, by the way, before we uh, leave, I'm going to get you guys ice cream bars like. Yep. I'll just Genius. awesome. Awesome. And then every match he's been back is just it's eight been, year callback. Ice cream bars, uh, by the way, eight yes. years and people still remember it. Yes. And the, the fact that he's. In in the ring, having Bret Hart, one, two, three, kid callbacks. It's just uh, out of the Dolby Allen. They, they come out right away and they're saying he goes after and it's not. And we have the match set and you have Sting and Darby in the rafters done. Yes. And like, again, we don't mind when it's executed correctly. Like they just scheduled a fight. It wasn't a they didn't have to like do a back reason for it. It was just no, this is the card. Yes, that's it's been like the allure of him, and then he's through osmosis. He's built. Tell me, you've seen Hook? Have you seen, through all through osmosis? Like this meme, which was like a gift for like Hook was just like this legend for a while. It's who is this kid? And now Hook rules. <laughs> he's, he's, he's he's Tom Cruise and Taz put together and he's yes. crazy hair and just it, he's so fascinating and I hope they don't overuse it but it's just you talk about building star and my dude I think he's 21 22 so he's still in like diapers in his wrestling years it's just amazing what he's been able to do and the two shows so we went Eric, the this is funny so well not funny but like when the world shut down in 2020 that was like one of the last things me and this is with to see like we she had never obviously been to a wrestling show we went to a wrestling show in austin there was the first aew show oh you better hold on to her like grimmed up that's amazing oh, oh yeah she was yeah she's been locked up for a while <laughs> she's got that she's amazing well she's amazing <laughs> she's got that long-term contract already locked so <laughs> no worries there and then she was Iron like, Cloud. Oh, this is pretty cool and then in july when they came back we were just like we've got our we've got our two shots we'll rock our mask and it was 
uh, obviously it was loads of fun. We saw saw Sting. We had freaking Matt and Matt Harding Christian. Like I, I mean, come on. Like I've got that on a bucket list cr- crossed off. That, like that, I'm, that's uh, a mark for me. That's yeah, a mark for me. Just awesome. Now we saw Sting like fights so he fought off like Scorpio Sky, but I saw freaking coffin match, and then later down the when I saw that they were coming to Dallas, I was like. I think we might have to go to that show. And believe it or not, we saw one of the best matches I've ever seen. Freaking Brian Brian Danielson and Adam Page for an hour draw. Are you freaking kidding me? And awesome, just stuff all around. Yeah, what if I, who had this on the bingo card, John? What if I would have told you freaking Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, CM Punk would have all been in the same promotion? See, I believe it. And I, because I also, I don't, I'm not Adam. I don't, again, I'm WWE. They they're too tiny. That, that matters to me. They're too tiny. <laughs> Adam Cole is like is such a god. Like I, I, I he's got charisma for days. But who can't? He's X Pac would tower over him. Jeff Hardy it would tower over him. And that matters to me when it comes to the illusion of of combats. <laughs> it matters to me, and I I think they're great, and I love I actually. I think you know, Brian Danielson, he was a guy who I never got, and now I get. The American Dragon is just see, and I, X, man. I, just, it, all the, the planet's champion. The, yeah, I, the I, great, I, one of the greatest programs ever. You're I, so good. I will still say the Eagle Terrorist, Brian Daniel, Brian, Daniel Bryan, sorry, Jesus yeah. Christ. That's one of my favorite games. Like, Eagle Terrorist, hemp championship belt, just genius. Beautiful, and also... He's the bad guy, which also makes me feel weird booing him. Like, yeah, he's right. Yeah, it's true. And it's all like, what do you say? What he was saying was completely true. It's you guys are consumerism. There's no ethical capitalism. And it's yeah. And and you're right. It's just bonkers for him to just be like, this is his curtain call and he's kicking teeth in like people. And it's just awesome. And then obviously the wife is she knows of him because of the total diva stuff and everything like that. And she was just like, wow, like. This is really cool to see this guy. I was just like, yes, he's still yes. good. Like we're front row seeing this guy. Awesome. Ben Hangman back and just killing it. It's just, and then of course, like this, he had double juice on TBS, which, and I think that was, that's been like my biggest allure, like the AEW John, like that, especially I always remember that first episode, um, watching live and hearing Tony Schiavone's voice. I just, yeah, I've got so many remember berries, yes. warm and fuzzies. Yeah. I'm just like, I love JR, but something about hearing Uncle Tony, it just, because Tony's like the cool, who wouldn't want to have Tony Schiavone as like an uncle? Like just the coolest guy. I agree. I, it, there's, that matters. It matters. It, and it's, it, they don't have it. The videos have, there's no JR. There's not truly, they're trying, cause they try to, like, if you watch, literally, if you watch Attitude Era, it's literally King and JR going, well, what's happening? I don't know. Like they don't ever. The, <laughs> the, the whole thing is them saying, "I don't know what's happening." Whereas now it's they're all insiders, and it's like they're all woges breaking stuff during the middle of matches. And you're just like, well, truly, if you watch it, he's, well, "Why did he come out?" And he's like, well, "I don't know, King. Why is it here?" That's it. it's truly. <laughs> it is just them saying what <laughs> the entire time, and it's lovely because they they're acting like they don't know, just like we don't know. They're playing into the illusion of it. <laughs> yeah. It's easy. It's easier yeah. than it should be. Oh, this was so fun, man. This was yeah. so fun. Absolutely. I, I thank you so much again for your time, John. And please, you. Uh, where can uh, folks follow you and support you? follow. You can, I'm at jsabon214 on Twitter. I'm a very bad t- Twitter, but I, do, I run a lot of brand social accounts. So if you ever see me retweet them, just start following those. And 
Mavs fans, I feel like if you're mad, I get it. But like, we got Luka Doncic. It, oh, many teams would switch with us. It'll hurt me. It could be worse. You know, we could, like, look at the Blazers. They had Dame still, and they, Dwight Powell put up 25 against them. Jeez. Perspective, for sure. Thanks for hanging around for another episode of Money in the Bank Shot. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information or to connect with Brian, check us out on Twitter at MITBSPod. We'll see you next time.